This is the primal scream of a dying regime. Pray for our enemies, because we're going medieval on these people. You're just not got a free shot all these networks lying about the people. The people have had a belly full of it. I know you don't like hearing that. I know you try to do everything in the world to stop that, but you're not going to stop it. It's going to happen. And where do people like that go to share the big lie? MAGA media. I wish in my soul, I wish that any of these people had a conscience. Ask yourself, what is my task and what is my purpose? If that answer is to save my country, this country will be saved. War Room. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. And they're covering it. Some aren't covering all of it, but but we're going to cover it right now. So Trump's been indicted. Um, his poll numbers are going up. So primary voters like him. It, it, if he wins the primary, do you think he can win the general? And is it good for the Republican Party if, if Donald Trump is the nominee? Look, can, and then I want to get to Biden can, and, and can, his malarkey defense and all that can stuff. Trump, can Trump beat Biden? Yeah, he can beat Biden. You, is that a good thing for the Republican Party if Donald Trump is the... Look, is the, the Republicans f- get to select their nominee. I think if you want to go sheer policy to policy, it's not good for Republicans. It's good for America. Trump's policies are better, straightforward, than Biden's It makes policy. it complicated if, if he's got all these trials and, and, and all this stuff overhanging. It the, makes it complicated. also helps him when... But do you think he could win an election? Could he win an election? And, can he win that election? Yeah, he can. You think he can? The, the question is, is he the strongest to win the election? I don't know that answer. But can somebody, can anybody beat Biden? Yeah, anybody can beat Biden. Can Biden beat other people? Yes, Biden can beat him. It's on any given but, day. About Trump and who the president, who, who the Republican should run. Yeah, so I, I don't have that job anymore. So I'm very clear with, look, it's a disaster if we nominate Trump. You know, I think that I've been saying this for a long time. But Liz is right, which is he could win. I think we lose with him. I think we're much more likely to lose. We haven't won anything with him since he first won in 16. We lost the House in 18, the presidency in 20, the, the Senate in 20, and we could have won the Senate in 2022, but for him. Are you going to endorse Is Rupert going to tell you who to endorse? <laughs> no, I'm going to endorse whoever I want, but right <laughs> you're now. On that, you're endorsing. on the board of Fox. That's why I said it. Yeah, yeah. I know. I know. It's a joke. I'm for anybody not named Trump right now. Anybody not named Trump? Anybody not named Trump? RFK? Anybody not named Kennedy? A Republican not named Trump. (laughs) For any Republican not named Trump, because I think we beat Biden for sure if we nominate a Republican not named Trump. Any idea who you think could get the... I mean, everybody's down by 40 points. We're going to find out. Look, Donald Trump and Joe Biden have a symbiotic relationship with each other. They make the best case for each other's candidacies, and it's a total disaster for our country. In a country of 350 million people, you think we could get somebody else. Do you think you win if you nominate somebody not named Trump? I do. Because you make everybody who was supporting Trump very mad. Yeah, so, like, I'm an ever-again Trumper, so obviously that the 33% Trump base doesn't like a person like me because I'm very clear. I don't think he's fit, and I don't think he can win. Uh, Liz is right, he could. Could, and that's dangerous. I mean, get, you think he could even populate a cabinet? He could get through the Senate? I mean, I, it could be a total disaster. But I believe strongly, if we nominate a Republican, nominate Donald Trump, we win this White House. I, I really believe that. And so all we got to do is do that. And I think voters are going to realize his baggage is so big, we're not going to win with him. And there are all these other Republicans that, they, that they're fine with that could win. So I think there's plenty of Republicans that can traffic with MAGA and win the suburban vote well, we'll with the White House. Did, did you did you watch Succession? Have you seen it? I did watch Succession. So that guy was picking president, so it wasn't crazy for me. It like, wasn't crazy for me to ask you that. It wasn't crazy for me to ask you that. That's not real. Thank you, Paul. You better. Mr. Smith, so I'm sorry. All right, this is coming into CNN. The House Speaker, Kevin McCarthy, called Donald Trump on Tuesday 
and apologized after he questioned whether Trump is the strongest candidate in the Republican race for president. Here were those original comments on CNBC yesterday. Could he win an election? And, can he and win get, that election? Yeah, he can. You think he can? The, the question is, is he the strongest to win the election? I don't know that answer. He doesn't know, but he apologized for saying it. CNN congressional correspondent Lauren Fox is here with more on this. What more are you learning? This is uh, an interesting about face. He didn't really say anything, but he said, I don't know. And I guess that upset Donald Trump. Yeah, a day of cleanup yesterday for House Speaker Kevin McCarthy. He held a call, called the former president yesterday to apologize, according to new reporting from our colleagues Melanie Zanona and Kristen Holmes, where he both apologized, he told the former president that he misspoke, and, of course, he blamed reporters for taking the comments out of context, according to McCarthy. But that wasn't where it ended, Sarah. He also had an exclusive interview with Breitbart News, a right-leaning right-leaning news agency to try to talk more about why he believed Donald Trump was the strongest candidate to beat Joe Biden. Later, his campaign sent out a fundraising email saying that Donald Trump was stronger than ever. This just goes to show you that Kevin McCarthy knows that his right flank is so important for him to hold on to his speakership. He cannot anger people in his conference who are getting behind the former president, who are fervently behind him at all times, no matter what that means in terms of defending Donald Trump. And that is why Kevin McCarthy went out of his way yesterday to go ahead and apologize to the former president and then in subsequent interviews make it clear that he does believe Donald Trump could be a strong contender to be Joe Biden in the 2024 presidential election. Sarah? Ah, politics always perilous. Lauren Fox, thank you so much for that reporting. John? Wednesday, 28 June, Year of Our Lord, 2023. Poso, who's do- doing like double and triple duty today, has joined us. I got a bunch of things on my punch list with you, Poso. I'm going to get to the Annie McCarthy of it, a different McCarthy at, at, at Nash Review and, and what those guys think of Poso. Also going to talk about Ukraine. Jim Caviezel was right. Poso's got the receipts about child trafficking for parts in Ukraine and also talk about these Russian generals and the situation with the, uh, as I call it, the warlordism maybe being cut off at the knees. I want to go back to McCarthy. So you know he's groveling. And, and McCarthy's guys got to understand there's an active search underway for your replacement. Okay, so you're, uh, you're on the clock, as we say. You can call Trump and grovel all you want. Okay, you can grovel all you want. They are now totally savvy to what I've been telling them from the beginning, that you put the shiv in them every second of every day in these hapless investigations, this half-hearted performative activity, and what you've done on on this budget, and now we know that the appropriation thing is all a joke, is going to get a CR and an omnibus, and the $4 trillion of Trump's tax tax is going to hit the day he takes the oath of office. All you've done is screw up this country. It's time for you to go, bro. And we don't need a motion to vacate, okay? Um, and he grovels. I want to get that. But more importantly is his mentor. His mentor is Paul Ryan. Those are very dangerous words that Paul Ryan are saying. And I can't understand why Murdoch, as corrupt as those foreigners are, how he can be on the board of a directors, board of directors of a major company. I, I don't know how he's sitting on the board of directors of a major media company. And if you out there are a Fox watcher, I've said forever it's TV for stupid people because it is. But now it's dangerous TV because you just heard a board member. Please tell me in the history of this country 
where any board member of a media company has come out and said dangerous terms like that. Quite frankly, I think he's put Trump's life in jeopardy. He said that the election of Donald Trump would be dangerous. This is a board member of News Corp said that the election of Donald Trump would be dangerous for the country. Is he trying to I mean, is the Secret Service going to check into this? What, what is he talking about there? Jack Basobic, your thoughts, brother? I mean, Steve. My first thought looking at Paul Ryan in that video is this is a guy who has aged very poorly. I would even go so far as to say Paul Ryan has aged inappropriately. You look at the eyes. This guy is not sleeping. They're sunken in. Uh, It's always in the eyes. He is a man in dire, dire need of a new pillow. But at the same time, even the CNBC host pushes back on him and says, wait a minute, that sounds like you're running a plot line out of that show succession where you're trying to meddle in the process of choosing the next president of the United States. Aren't you putting your finger on the scale? And then you can see Paul Ryan there with the Look at the body language response that he has this huge. We call that a uh, we call that a cluster motion where you can actually see his face, his arms, his everything. He leans back very quickly. Whoa, whoa, I never did that. I didn't mean to do that. I'm just saying that it probably shouldn't be Trump. That's all. Look, even CNBC's got your number, Paul. You were Speaker of the House in the early days of the Trump administration, Steve. That's when you were in the Trump administration, when Paul Ryan did everything he could to stop the nationalist populist agenda from getting across. Yet they sat there and said, let's do some tax cuts. Let's go do a few of these other things. By the way, couldn't usher through the removal of Obamacare. Okay, couldn't usher that through the Congress. That was one thing the establishment side was supposed to do early on in all of this, Gary Cohn, globalist Gary, we remember all this. I remember all this. And then furthermore, what they did was they systematically kneecapped Trump the same way they're kneecapping him now by allowing what? Jeff Sessions to recuse, uh, Comey goes down, then Mueller gets appointed. They never did anything about the spending. They did never had anything about cutting the appropriations for DOJ to go in with all of this. Why? It's very simple. They've wanted to stop Trump and stop the MAGA movement from day one. This, by the way, this is the same Paul Ryan who all the way back during, remember, Steve, Access Hollywood weekend. The fix was in, and the plan was for Trump to drop out of the race, and then Paul Ryan was going to use his role, not as Speaker of the House, but as Chairman of the Republican National convention to go in and change the nomination to Mike Pence at an event that they were going to be pre-scheduled. They had pre-scheduled in Wisconsin. That was the original plan for Access Hollywood weekend. If, and I'm just going to say it, if it wasn't for a guy by the name of Stephen K. Bannon and another guy by the name of Donald John Trump that said, we ain't going nowhere. Jack, you, you, you bring up a good point. They had Pence. Uh, things they were going to throw Condi Rice on the ticket. And, 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 and Ryan dropped off that Friday night and then started trash talking us all day Saturday. And I told the president it doesn't matter what he says. Also, you bring up a good point. I want to make sure everybody understands this. He was Speaker of the House. He stepped down and wouldn't leave. He said he wasn't going to run again. He wouldn't leave. And he threw the 2018. They wanted Trump to get impeached. They didn't have a problem with Nancy Pelosi. He, if you go back and look at that summer, I kept saying, where's the fight in the House? Where's the money? Where's the fight to hold the House? Paul Ryan quit because he didn't want anything to do with Trump. But he's crossed the line here, Jack. I just want to go back to you one more time. 
He just said it would be dangerous for President Trump to be uh, to be reelected. He said that would be dangerous. Oh, I agree. That would be dangerous. I think he's right. The, the, the shareholders of the, the shareholders dangerous for him. The shareholders, no board member of any media company in American history has ever sat there. And if you watch Fox, if you cut on, you're supporting that. The Murdochs have to be sent a message. When I send a message at CPAC, what they do two days later, the next day, they, they actually showed Trump's entire speech. They're gutless cowards. They will only respond to smash mouth. President Trump's on truth today, Jack, talking about how they put the wrong pictures up. on It's deeper than that. The unholy trinity is Murdoch, McConnell, and McCarthy. And McCarthy's controlled in the back by Ryan. And Murdoch has got Ryan on his board. Ryan's everywhere. Look at his outright contempt right there for Trump. Look at his outright contempt. He said there, I've been a never-Trumper since the beginning. The fix is in. You have to cut this out like a cancer. You have to cut it out like a cancer. The only thing the Murdochs understand, and no, I didn't watch Succession. I don't need to watch nonsense over here. Watch Succession. Get a life. Get a life. I saw it up close and personal. Murdoch was against Trump from the day they sent Megyn Kelly out there to kneecap Trump on the first thing. And watch PBS. Hey, Megyn, baby, how did that turn out for you? We crushed her. Matt Boyle. One of my weapons at Breitbart and Tony Lee went after her and Ailes called me up. Oh, this is from Rupert. You got to back off. Hey, here's how we're going to back off. We're going to have 10 more stories the next day. Oh, she's got to get personal security. I said, hey, sounds like a personal problem. You're going to kneecap Trump pulling this crap that the left pulls? Not on my watch. Okay, so I, I don't need to hear it from the Fox crowd. I've dealt with those clowns for years. They are they are neoliberal neocons. They support every war. They're all over every war, including this war in Ukraine. They're, the Murdochs are the worst people on earth. A bunch of foreigners, and they got their they got their hatchet men like Paul Ryan. How can he sit on a board of a media company? He just sat there and said the re-election of Donald Trump would be dangerous for the country. That's sitting on the board at at uh, at, at Fox. How does that work? Tell me, just tell me how that works. Okay, a short break. We're going to come back. We got Jack Posobiec with us. Jack has got. Wants to talk about Andy McCarthy in the National Review crowd. He's got blockbuster news coming out of the Ukraine. And plus, Jack's got his own perspective of what went on in Russia because he is an expert. He's been right on all his calls. And now he's going to talk about these generals that are getting rolled up. All next in the war room. Well, Congress once again allowed itself to be pushed into appeasing the administration and raising the debt ceiling for the 79th time, paving the way for continued reckless spending and further devaluation of the U.S. dollar. As our national debt continues to skyrocket, how are you protecting your savings? Times like these are a great reminder to diversify a portion of your savings into gold. And you can do that with the help of Birch Gold. Here's the easiest way to do it. Birch Gold will help you convert an existing IRA or 401k into an IRA in gold, and you don't pay a penny out of pocket. As BRICS, Brazil, Russia, India, China, and South Africa band together against the dollar, more and more central banks are diversifying. You know what they're buying. Gold. Follow their lead. Text Bannon, B-A-N-N-O-N, to 989898. 
for your free info kit on gold. There's no obligation, just information. With an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau and thousands of happy customers, Birch Gold can help protect your savings too. Text Bannon, B-A-N-N-O-N, to 989898. Do it today. Follow the central banks of the BRICS. Take action, 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 and take that action today. Your host, Stephen K. Bannon. I got a cold open with with uh, with Poso. That's fantastic. I go back to what Poso did earlier today. But I got to remind him, the great Neil McCabe just reminds me uh, that um, uh, uh, Ryan left forty House seats unchallenged. He didn't defend his own seats. He quit. Remember, he quit. He tossed the the, the fix was in. I kept telling people, this guy's quit. Why did he just leave? If you're not going to run, step down, turn over somebody else. Let's get some fighters in there. Let's defend this. Because I kept saying from the beginning, Pelosi, first thing she's going to do is impeach you, right? First thing she's going to do is impeach you. As soon as she could, she impeached him. Let's play Jack Posobiec. Poso, any other final comments on the McCarthy-Ryan situation before I turn to our, our next issue that we have you on here for, sir? Well, I would say this. Patriots need, and the entire war room posse needs to take attention. Paul Ryan has been out of the game since essentially the end of 2018 publicly but he's been behind the scenes working the strings working behind uh working behind the curtain doing everything he can to carry out the plan that he originally hatched all the way back in 2016 his role is to bring back the establishment his role is to bring back conservative inc that or earlier order of the party, the Romneys, the Bushes, etc. They want the money to be rolling in. They don't want to have to worry about all the little arguments of the populist nationalists. Don't go to this war. Why is the border wide open? They don't. Why are you doing deals with the Chinese Communist Party and the Club for Growth? They don't want to talk about these things. And so the fact is, when Paul Ryan comes out now, this doesn't happen by accident. This doesn't happen at random. What you're looking at is part of an agenda, and you need to take notice when Paul Ryan comes forward. I'm going to play that later. He goes, oh, 33% that are Trump's face. Dude, I don't know what numbers you're looking at, bro, but it's like 70 to 75%. And you say, traffic with MAGA, screw you. Traffic with this, go suck on this. Throw him off the frickin' board, Murdochs, you corrupt foreigners, your foreign kids, your foreign wives, the whole deal, okay? We're sick of it. We're sick of it. You sitting here trying to destroy our country, and that's all you do. You're absolutely, as I said at CPAC from the main stage, you suck, okay? It's pathetic. TV for stupid people is now dangerous TV. Your own board member said, and I quote, it would be dangerous for this country if Trump was reelected, dangerous for this country if Trump was reelected. Show me any board member of any media company that would say that publicly would not be fight, not be thrown off the board immediately. Shareholders, just get, tell me any any board member of any media company that would say that. Even the MSNBC guys wouldn't come out and publicly say it. NBC, right? They all say it behind the scenes, but the public come out on CNBC and say that. And his buddy, uh, hey, McCarthy, grovel all you want. Just grovel. Grovel. It's pathetic. The House, all these investigations are all performative. You gave, and now you lied about the appropriations process. It's going to be a CR in September. 
uh, an omnibus. You've given this guy four to six trillion dollars of deficits. And now, you know, you're going to dump handcuff Trump and dump uh, the, the Trump tax cuts are going to come to Trump to figure out the first week of his second term. You've destroyed the balance sheet of the country. You did it. You McConnell, the collaboration, the unholy trinity. Don't forget this. The unholy trinity that we're up against. Ron DeSantis is not relevant. It's just not. I don't want to hear about all these flame wars and that this on DeSantis and all this. It's not. He's not relevant. He's out there wandering around Eagle Pass, Texas, putting up Trump's plan. He's sweating and putting up Trump's plan. Who cares? Oh, you're going to do it better. You're an acolyte of Paul Ryan who hates Trump. Ron DeSantis, you're going to come out today and condemn Paul Ryan. Are you going to do that? Your mentor, you're going to come out and condemn Paul Ryan. Uh, McCarthy, you're going to come out and condemn Paul Ryan. Where are you guys? Ron, hear a lot of big talk. You're Mr. MAGA now. Where are you? Are you going to come out and condemn Ryan for what he said? Are you? No, you're not. Because he trained you up. He trained you up. That's why you're not going to do it. So don't go out to Eagle Pass, Texas, 115 degrees, and be telling folks and lay out Trump's entire thing. Says, well, he didn't execute. I'm going to execute. Where were you? In 18 with Ryan, where were you when Ryan was stopping the entire Trump immigration policy, including build the wall? Where were you, sir? Where were you? Are you going to condemn it today? What he said that President Trump would be dangerous because President Trump is going to get reelected. You're not. That obviously fiasco in New Hampshire say is just emblematic of a campaign that doesn't know which way to turn and a candidate that, quite frankly, is. How do I say this politely? Not totally with the program. And I will leave it. Just read, read the Casey uh, DeSantis 8, 10,000 word uh, expose in the Washington Post. And you will know exactly what I mean when I say he's not totally with the program. Jack Posobiec, uh, let's play this thing. I want to play this other thing. I got some Posobiec cold open. Let's play it and I'm going to get Posobiec back on it. Let's hit it. Let's go to Never Trumper. Andy McCarthy, Andy, Andy, Andy. Look at Andy's articles out there today. The Trump indictment is damning. It's from June 10th, 2023. Just goes in and in deeper and deeper. Nationalreview.com, haven of never Trumpers. They would never, never throw out all of their credibility just because they hate Trump so much. Well, here's a slight problem because a decade ago when Andrew McCarthy, the same Andrew C. McCarthy was writing at PJ Media, let's look at what he wrote then. Obama's classified leaks are probably not prosecutable. Huh? What? What could that possibly mean? You ask. Pray tell. What could it possibly mean? Well, we see here in these documents that it says very, very clearly, and I think this is just amazing, that the president of the United States has sole classification authority. All classified documents are able to be classified and unclassified by whoever is the president. And I will quote, the lesson here of far more political than legal significance is that President Obama may have been a reckless custodian of the nation's secrets. By the way, this is all about the Suxtet leak. So we're, we're uh, the Suxtet leak. So we're talking about the Suxtet, uh, the Suxtet precedent, basically, here. When that information was leaked to the press, if the leak was done with the approval of President Obama, it's not really a leak. It's a release. 
It's the guy in the Oval, and it's Andrew McCarthy. It's the guy in the Oval Office who sets the tone. And that guy, by the way, is fully empowered to declassify whatever information he chooses to declassify, no matter how sensitive, no matter how damaging its disclosure. So if it turns out that Obama effectively approved the leaks, they are probably not actionable disclosures of classified information. Uh Uh-oh. What does that mean? What does that mean, Andy? What does it mean? well, Well, it means that Andy McCarthy had one standard, a legal standard, sounds like a pretty good and pretty solid legal standard. In fact, it's the one that we've been discussing here. It's the one that Mike Davis talks about when he comes on. It's the exact same one that we've always pointed out, that the president of the United States, every president of the United States has the ability to declassify information. Last week, I was highly critical of Joe Biden because he did not use those declassification powers to declassify the fact that a missing submersible when it was going to visit the Titanic, had been picked up on acoustic systems, sonar systems, that the United States Navy has uh, in that region. So the fact that that was recorded could have been released very quickly by Joe Biden. It could have come out right away, and yet he decided not to do it. He decided to sit on it. Why? He's playing politics. Okay, we're going to get into this because, once again, Poso does the homework, shows the receipts, and gets them. I, I got to make some comments at the top. And far be it for me to talk about anybody's sartorial style. But, Jack Posobiec, you get the big show. The show's on fire. You got a huge audience. What in the hell is Charlie Kirk doing over there? I, I, are, you trying to, are you trying to be Zelensky and get full thing? You're in combat gear? Or, or Peter Navarro, I got a gun show going on. I'm not... Uh, I, I, I'm not a big believer in the coat and tie, but what, what is with the no? Can you bring a collar? Is you on summer vacation? Where's Tanya Tay? Do, do I need Tanya the three shirts and the three pens? Is that what we need? T- no, no, you don't. You don't need three. Just give me a collar. But tomorrow's going to be a shirts, tank top. Is Tanya Tay in? Is Tanya Tay in town? Clearly, somebody's not dressing Jack in the morning, but I digress. Go ahead and tell me about Andy McCarthy. Brother. Steve, are you upset that you don't have tickets to the gun show? Is that the problem? <laughs> far from God, he's a combo of Zelensky and Peter Navarro. Oh, my God. Zelensky and Peter Navarro, the new style. I digress. Andy Walk me through the Andy McCarthy. Why is he, by the way, why is Andy McCarthy all over Trump? Why is he just garbage his way? Why is he all over Trump? Look, he's been all over Trump. He was all over Trump. If you go back in the original version of the 2016, right around the same time that Paul Ryan was, just go back to the previous segment. Now, then during a lot of these guys, these never Trumpers who wrote that huge National Review article that was front cover where Andy McCarthy's name is displayed very prominently there. This is the origination of the never Trump movement, where it was the National Review against Trump uh, issue. Well, what if you go back to the pre-National Review Andy McCarthy, all the way back, Stuxnet. And remember, Steve, this was the same leak that General big, Cartwright big. of Stratcom was prosecuted big. for, not yeah. for the leaking, but for the lying, because Obama's people later came out and said, no, 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 we declassified this. We declassified this. This was totally fine. It's perfectly acceptable to release, even though they didn't follow any formal method for declassification. Andy McCarthy, before he wrote at National Review, was at PJ Media. And when he was at PJ Media, it's interesting that his 
outlook, shall we say, on the law and the Constitution was much different. Sounds a lot much more like War Room. And he's a good and he's a good guy. I don't uh, I don't quite get it. Prosecuted the original terrorists. Remember the, the original bombing in the World Trade Center. Jack, hang on. We got more explosive news from the Ukraine on child trafficking and in Russia about these generals. The subject's going to stick with us. Short break. We rejoice when there's no more. Let's take down the CCP. Okay, imagine you're at your doctor's office. Your doctor glances up from the chart and says... And I quote, hey, whatever you're doing, keep it up, end quote. Now, that's the Field of Greens Better Health Promise. Check out this customer testimonial. He said, and I want to quote here, I've been taking Field of Greens, and this is the second time my doctor has danced into the room praising my blood results. Credit where credit's due. Thanks, Field of Greens, end quote. Now, each fruit and vegetable and field of greens was medically selected for a specific health benefit. Some support vital organs like heart, lungs, and kidneys. Others support metabolism for healthy energy and weight loss. If you're busy, if you don't get enough exercise, if you eat too much fast food, take field of greens. Look, field of greens can't promise your doctor will dance into your room, but they can promise at your next checkup. Your doctor will notice you improve health or you get your money back. Let me repeat that. You get your money back. I trust Field of Greens for my health, and you can too. Let me get you started with 15% off. Visit fieldofgreens.com and use promo code Bannon. That's fieldofgreens.com, promo code Bannon. Take action today. Use your agency, fieldofgreens.com, promo code Bannon, and get the better health promise. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. Okay, let me bring back in uh, Jack, the one and only Jack Pasovic. Uh, Jack, uh, uh, J- Jack has had a, uh, a had to do some work during the uh, commercial break. Jack, thank. Oh my gosh, there you are. <laughs> what Tanya Tay heard? Tanya Tay heard the last segment. Is that where? Is that where I am? Look, Tanya Tay is perfectly fine with the last segment. You see, Steve, look, this is just because I'm wearing performance wear on air. That's because this is tactical, brother. Look, Antifa could be coming through that room in any minute. BLM could be out there. I got to fly. You know, you're sitting there in the war room. You got the mantle. We go we go where the story is. (laughs) God, unbelievable. Okay, we got some serious work to do. Now, Kavisa was on here. Jack, and you, you know Jim, and you're close to him. You've been on top of this entire thing in the Ukraine. In fact, Jack is one of the few folks that's on TV anywhere it's actually been to the front line in Ukraine and quite dangerously went down to too close to Crimea. Um, Jack, you've been disturbed about what's going on and, and getting to the bottom of this, whether it's the bioweapons labs, or because something doesn't make sense, as we said at the beginning, about why, why we're fighting why is the U.S. in a proxy war 10,000 miles away between two Slavic entities on the eastern Russian-speaking border of, uh, of, uh, of Ukraine? But this, and Jim Caviezel called the other day. He says, hey, part of this is the, a big part of this is the trafficking of children. And particularly, he said, the trafficking of babies uh, for parts. And a lot of people say, well, that's just Jim Caviezel. He's crazy. You know, he's been crazy since he did the Passion of the Christ. The Daily Mail's breaking a story right now. There's, and Post Millennials got it up. Walk me through what's going on about this trafficking of children out of Ukraine. Look, Steve, this is 
a horrific story. And when Jim Caviezel and, and he's got the film out, Sound of Freedom Now, which is up and the tickets are there, people are saying that, you know, this guy's seen too much. He's too close to it. There's no way. And, and I understand because this is a level of evil that people don't want to have to confront on a regular basis because it's uncomfortable. But and this this is a story that's cited from the National Police of Ukraine. This is not some Russian source. It's not uh, some Western source. It's the national. It's the government of Ukraine putting this out that a trafficker in that region of Ukraine was stopped at the border. So this is the border between Ukraine and Slovakia, which is right next to the border of Ukraine and Hungary, just north of there. And a human trafficker, a child trafficker, was stopped at the border attempting to steal an 11-year-old baby with the intent to sell its organs. Now, that baby was rescued and was returned to the mother. However, the authorities have been looking for this guy because they have information that this is the third or fourth time that he's done this and had been able to sell multiple babies from these refugee women. And what they do, Steve, is that he walks up to these refugee women because, remember, the men can't leave. The men, the fathers are forced to stay because of martial law inside Ukraine. The, they say they go to the women and it's understandable. They go to the women, the children, they say, get out, get where you can be safe. The woman's going along, but they need money. They're not getting money that they need. And along comes these traffickers and they say, look, we are going to bring your child to safety. We're going to bring him to him or her to a family in Western Europe they're going to be adopted. They're going to be cared for. They're going to be doing much better. And so what they're doing is they're hitting these vulnerable war refugees. They're going after the children. And, on the, and then they might even give them money up front. And it says in this in instance in Transcarpathia there that he gave the woman's mother, the boy's mother, $1,000 US down payment, said that he would offer a total of 5000 the plan was to turn around, sell the kid for $25,000. This is an 11-month boy, Ukrainian child, little blonde-haired kid. Um, and I got to say, Steve, that's, you know, just looking at these pictures, it, it, it makes me think of my little boy at home. And, I mean, they could be brothers. You look at the two of them. And had the police not stopped this guy when they did, uh, that child would have been killed and his organs would have been sold on the market for these traffickers. And what we need to understand is thank God and God bless that this one trafficker was stopped. But you have to look at it from a perspective of scale. When I was there, as you say, last year, um, my brother and I were at the train station at the Poland-Ukraine border in Przemysl, and this is exactly what we saw. Women traveling with children, lots of kids around, lots of babies around, people not knowing what was going, coming next, not knowing where they were going to get their next paycheck, not knowing where, where they were going to sleep at night, not knowing how they were going to get their next meal. And then along comes somebody waving around a thousand US dollars in front of you and saying, I can make all your problems go away. And I, and I can save your kid. Just come along with me. Just get in the car. Come right here. These are the same types of situations that throughout history have led to child trafficking. You saw this down with Haiti and the earthquake. You see this all across the Middle East with the trafficking that took place there of this of these migrants up to Europe. Now we're seeing the exact same thing out of Ukraine. And unfortunately, the longer this war continues, the more of this is going on. 
and it's it's incumbent upon us. And I applaud Jim Caviezel for being out there and being willing to put his name out in front of it. Steve, we can't be silent about this stuff anymore because it is real and it is happening. You've got you've got border crossings in Poland, border crossings in I guess uh, Slovakia, Hungary, and Romania. Some of those are more popular to go through th- th- than others. Do you think that there's a a organized effort? This guy's done a couple, right? Do you think there's an organized effort and that maybe government authorities on both sides or somehow? Because when you talk about $1,000, the U.S. currency goes a long way over there. If you talk about $25,000 for, a, uh, for a, a baby, a little boy, uh, you do a couple of those. You, there's a lot of money to spread around to do even more, is there not? Well, that's exactly right, Steve, because, okay, you can fire the one guy, but people need to understand that this guy is just the middleman. Okay, and they they actually show this very well in the Sound of Freedom movie. Now, that takes place in Latin America, South America, but it's the same type of process where there's a recruiter that later sells someone to a trader. The trader then goes sells to someone who is either a publisher or a filmmaker or essentially a pimp of these kids. And then they work with traffickers that are involved in child pornography in the U.S. from the digital on the Internet side. And that's where uh, that's where Tim Ballard's character catches them. But we have to understand these are the upstream implements of how the children are put into the pipeline or funneled into the pipeline in the first place. So just because you're catching the people that are doing the procurement end right here, those are low level. Okay, you need to go after the people that are that are upstream or I guess downstream in this case from this situation, because, okay, you you knock down a couple of these guys. Guess what? They're going to have three, four, five more people willing to do this within minutes because people need to understand the extreme levels of poverty in this part of the world, the extreme levels of desperation caused by this war, the devastation that puts people in these situations in the first place. This is one of the reasons that over at Human Events, that I know here at Worm as well, that we've called for an immediate end to the war, an immediate call for peace, because you're worried about the people of Ukraine that are caught in the middle. Now, I'm just talking about the missile strikes. We're talking about people that are put into situations like this, where mothers are selling their children, hoping the kids are going to a good place. And by the way, Steve, just because the guy says they're going to Western Europe, that doesn't mean that's where they're going to end up. A lot of them, they get put on boats. They're sent right into the Black Sea. Then they're taken down to the Middle East. They're taken down and they're gone. They're, and that, by the way, unfortunately, in that region of the world has a very, very long history. Jack, uh, I want to bring up another element of this, and this is where they really go after Caviso hard. And he mentioned on our show a couple of times that it, 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 there's this, obviously this depravity and, and the reason that the sex trafficking is higher margin business than the, than the uh, drug trafficking is that these uh, women and these little children on the pedophilia can be used over and over again for the sex. This was specifically about parts, and this was that gets into this big controversy. That they say, oh, you know, Caviezel's a nutcase. But here we've had confirmation. I mean, this is what I keep saying about the Q, the people all over the Q guys, all of these other people, they're all nuts. But it, it, evidence keeps coming forward that maybe they're not so nutty. What was this guy? Was he selling it to a research university? Who would buy, purchase an 11-year-old baby for parts, sir? Well, that's exactly what they're saying. It's... They specifically say that they were looking to sell these children for organs 
Um, some of it, by the way, and if you understand the way the laws on this work in different parts of the Middle East, it may have also been for, and this, this happens in China as well, if you understand how it goes there, uh, it has to do with the legal organ transplants. And the idea that in some of these countries, because they don't have the organ transplant banks like we do in the U.S., they don't have the controls, the regulations, the laws that we do in the U.S. and in the West in general, um, there is essentially a black market for human organs. So the first thing they would do, of course, is check the blood type. They would check the age. They would check for any diseases, et cetera. And then they would go through and identify which organs people would need that would be most valuable on the black market in general. And then you can get them to one of these countries in Central Asia or the Middle East where they're able to perform one of these surgeries. And you're going to be sold to some rich, mother, uh, some rich family who needs it. The, the mother got the thousand bucks. What, what is uh, and what do we understand about what the Ukrainians are doing? Look, these women are in terrible situations, obviously. Right. It's a war zone. I think 14 main have already tried to have left the country. But I mean, what happens when you turn your you turn your child over to a stranger for a better life, but it's a $5,000 payment. He's going to give you $1,000 down in cash. That transaction is problematic, is it not? Well, it is. And I think in this situation, because they did, they, the Ukrainian police did publish, and I'm looking right here, you can see it even in Daily Mail has this, and Ukraine, uh, Ukrainian National Police website has it up in Ukrainian, um, where the child was returned to the mother. They're saying the mother didn't know. They're saying the mother thought it was sort of a a crisis adoption situation that the kid would be brought to one of these charity centers. And that really is the big problem, because when you go and, and we saw it last year in that region, when you go to one of these border centers, Steve, it's it's bedlam there. There's there's each organization has a different kiosk. There's cars coming in. There's traffic. Um, there's taxis all over the place. People saying, come with me, come here. This is where you need to go. And then the next guy says, no, you come here. This is where you need to go. We're going to offer this. We're that aided worker. And if you're just coming off of one of these trains, you've got no idea who these people are. You've got no idea who's legit and who's not. You've got people that could come in with fake IDs, with fake name tags, et cetera, and say, hey, we're from you know, the Red Cross. We're here to help. We're helping the children out. Come with us. We'll take care of them. This is exactly what they depict, by the way, in Sound of Freedom. In that case, um, they use a um, it's like a like a talent scouting agency where they say, oh, you're you know, we want your kids to be child models and we're going to take pictures of them, have them, you know, drop them off at the studio in the morning. And then when the dad comes to pick them up later in the evening, they're gone. So in many of these cases, just as we've seen in other parts of the world, the parents are completely unwitting. They think the kid is going off to some great opportunity and they don't even realize that they're actually handing their own children over to child traffickers. Jack, I realize got to bounce. Can you stay through? We're going to take a short break. I just I want to get the situation in Russia because I think you've got you were kind enough to come on the Saturday morning show, and I think you've got probably the best handle on this of of anyone out there. So if we can just take a short break, we're going to take a short commercial break. Jack uh, Posobiec, I think the Sound of Freedom. Uh, this is one of the reasons this movie is important, not just to send a message to Hollywood, but I think to awaken yourself to the situation and a, a very uh, disturbing occurrence in ukraine today on the uh with the slovakian border but it, it led uh, it to some um realization that this has happened a couple of three times with one guy and i think the question's got to be and the u.s government should be all over this how, how much of this has gone on and uh, quite frankly the children of you know i think there's been 14 million refugees either internal refugees or or people that have left the country what's the status of those children 
We know there's, what, 87,000 missing children of the invasion on our southern border right now, according to whistleblowers. Very disturbing. Very disturbing. Short break. The Soviet next. COVIDtaxrelief.org got a small retail business almost $80,000. COVIDtaxrelief.org got a manufacturing business nearly two hundred and fifty grand. And COVIDtaxrelief.org just got a large distribution business almost $900,000. If you run a business, church, or nonprofit and paid your employees through all or part of the pandemic, you could qualify for up to $26,000 per employee through the government's CARES Act. But beware of clickbait or pay upfront companies who make you do the work and take a huge percentage of your refund. COVIDtaxrelief.org receives a low reasonable commission only after you receive your refund. And with 300 CPAs and tax experts, no one is better at getting you the maximum benefit than COVIDtaxrelief.org. Visit COVIDtaxrelief.org now because this plan expires soon. That's COVIDtaxrelief.org, COVIDtaxrelief.org. The refund examples are not a guarantee and not all businesses qualify. That's why you have to check today with COVIDtaxrelief.org. I'm Steve Stern, CEO of Flagshirt.com, a third-generation, veteran-owned small business. I believe that the American way of life is for all of us. I'm asking you today to visit Flagshirt.com. Help keep the American dream alive. Be a flag waver. Carry a nation's heritage. Use coupon code ACTION10 for 10% off site-wide and buy a flag shirt today. Action, action, action. Uh, Steve Stern is going to join us here in a minute. Jack, really thank you for taking this time. Real quickly, are they sweating this guy right now to find out who the buyers, who the purchasers of these organs are? Isn't that we got to get to the demand side? That's a shocking thing about Sound of Freedom. The United States is the biggest driver of demand, uh, at least according to the film, in this area of, of uh, child sex slave trafficking. Don't, don't they have to get to who, who put the purchase order in? That's exactly right. And Steve, it, it shows that they are going through. They've got this guy's house. They've got I'm not sure if it's girlfriend or a wife. They've got one accomplice already. They went back to the guy's house, uh, which is out there in a rural area of Ukraine. We don't know if he was holding the kids there or not at one point. I mean, this thing looks like it's half finished. Um, he's got money in there in secret compartments. He's got and a lot of it. Unfortunately, Steve, just and I have to say it just like uh, they said in Sound of Freedom, a lot of the currency this is conducted in is U.S. dollars. This isn't euros. This isn't um, this isn't grivna like the local currency in Ukraine. This is U.S. dollars we're talking about now. Of course, U.S. dollars are potentially used in many regions like this because of the high fluctuations of money during the war. But we also have to point sure. out this is U.S. dollars. This is cash, and people are conducting these types of transactions using King Dollar, the Almighty Greenback. I'm going to try to get uh, Kavis on here tomorrow. Okay. Uh, the Russian generals, you've been dead spot on this uh, from the beginning. What's the story? They're rolling up some Russian generals now. This is new warlords or guys that are complicit in this first mutiny? Well, Steve, the, the big rumor right now is all about General Sorovkin. So General Sorovkin 
it was was the leader at one point during what Russia calls the special military operation. He was the guy that ordered the withdrawal from Kherson down in the south. He's the guy who said, let's come back uh, past the river beyond that initial assault on Kiev, the initial assault on Kharkov that didn't go very well for the Russians. Uh, so there's questions coming out without, and the Wall Street Journal's put this out, other Western media's pointed out, that this guy knew about the coup, or coup attempt, mutiny attempt, insurrection, as we called it here on Saturday, by Yuvini uh, Prigozhin and the leader of the Wagner Group before it took place. Now, the question is interesting because Sorovkin would have been the highest level official who knew about it beforehand, but he was also the very first high level official in Russia to come out against the insurrection when it was taking place on Saturday, which is leading a lot of people to a lot of questions. So the, the Ukrainian side is saying he's been arrested. The Russian side is saying, no, 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 he hasn't been arrested. But look, Steve, I think what's going on right now is the FSB and the Kremlin are doing everything they can to sweat these guys and find out who knew what, who was in on this, who wasn't. The Wall Street Journal, I think, has done a, a piece that is probably close to the truth. The, early this morning, it dropped 7.32 a.m., where they said that Prigozhin's plan to capture Russian military leadership, because, Steve, you remember here on Saturday, I said Prigozhin was never calling out Putin. He was calling out Shoigu and Gerasimov. Those are the guys that are leading the Ministry of Defense in Russia right now. And what the war room posse and what everyone needs to understand is that these guys weren't coming in saying that they were against the war. These guys weren't coming in saying, oh, we need to cut a deal, right? Even though Prigozhin said some stuff like that on Saturday. These are the hardliners. These are the hardliners who view Shoigu and Putin to some extent and Gerasimov and the others as doves. They say, you're not going hard enough. You're, you're arguing for these little limited victories, this war of attrition. We don't want that. We want to go in. We want to use the big guns. We want to drop gravity bombs all over Ukraine. We want to use tactical nukes if necessary. We want to end this thing in six months. Okay, that's what Prigozhin and uh, Sorovkin represent. So the Wall Street Journal has a piece out today. Listen to this. Prigozhin originally intended to capture Shoigu and Gerasimov during a visit to the southern region that borders Ukraine that the two were planning. But the FSB found out about the plan two days before it was to be executed. We, of course, know that trip never took place because a yeah. lot of people were asking the question, why did Wagner Group roll into this city and directly target the Southern Military Command if nobody was in there? Well, the answer is they thought that Shoigu and Gerasimov were supposed wow. to be in there. And then once they realized they weren't, Prigozhin was basically stuck. Do I keep going? Do I not? He sends a couple guys up to Moscow, but he realizes at that point that he's yeah. been had. That's why we saw what happened Dad. on Saturday. Jack, amazing analysis. Where do people go on social media? How do they get to the show, the new 2 o'clock show? Yeah, of course, 2 o'clock, right after Charlie Kirk here on Real America's Voice. And, of course, everyone can pick up the podcast. We even did an emergency podcast over the weekend to break down everything that was going on uh, every on Apple, on Spotify, et cetera. And then, of course, Rumble. We love being on Rumble because that is the place where we can speak freely. Jack, thank you so much. Thank you for taking the hour to join us away from the family. Really appreciate it. Jack Posobiec, great job. Amazing. God bless. God bless to the War Room Posse. And don't worry, Steve. I won't, I won't tell anybody that those, t those pens come with the shirts when you buy them that way. 
Uh, thank you, sir. Uh, Steve Stern, you, uh, every photo I see of you, you're in the, uh, you're in the plant, you're in the factory packing stuff. Tell us about how do people get to the shirts and how they get them delivered. Well, uh, we're declaring uh, July flag shirt month. So everybody's got to wear it for the 4th of July and they got to wear it for the whole month. We, you know, I go out and I wear this out in the warehouse. I go outside, breakfast, lunch, I'm wearing it. Uh, you want to get the shirts, www.theflagshirt.com. We're keeping our people here till 10 o'clock tonight. You can call me, that's Stern, 1054 at AOL, 954-318-6902. You know, patriotism is very important. It's going down from 69% to 39%. We want you to get your flag shirt so you can show that we mean business. You know, we're gonna, we had a two big Zoom calls, uh, one on election integrity and one on precinct strategy, where Michelle Swinnick is letting us know how we can stop the steal. So if you want to know, Friday she's coming out with this. And she's showing all our flag shirts up there, www.savemyfreedom.us. Again, if you want to get your flag shirt, we're here. We had 2,000 people come to our site yesterday. I emailed everybody wow. from 2 o'clock in the morning this morning. Everybody got a personal email from me. They all get personal emails. And then I answer them. And I got to thank everybody for all the nice words they've said about us. It's unbelievable what everybody is saying about you and me no. and what we're doing for this country. Well. You're doing the work, Steve. You're you're a national treasure. Steve Stern, keep grinding. The Flag Shirt Company, get your shirt. July is Patriotism Month. Pride in country. How about that? Short break. Back in the warm for the second hour next. Folks, let me tell you about Salty. It's a company that makes a soft gel supplement rich in antioxidants to help people like you and me keep a healthy heart. While COVID gets all the headlines, it's important to realize that heart disease kills nearly 700,000 Americans every year. Yes, heart disease is the number one killer every year, year in and year out. Heart disease builds over time. Hypertension, high blood pressure, bad cholesterol, diabetes, all of it affects our heart. A healthy heart is key to being energetic as we get older. It is never too early to take care of your heart. You see, heart disease sneaks up on us. You can start in your 30s, and when this happens, you're at serious risk by the time you turn 60. If you want to take care of your heart and those you care about, please go to warroomhealth.com. That's warroomhealth.com. All one word, warroomhealth.com. Use the code warroom at checkout to save 67% of your first shipment. That's code warroom at checkout to save 67%. Do it again. Warroomhealth, all one word, warroomhealth.com. Go there today. You need, if you're going to be part of the posse, you need a strong heart. You need a lion's heart. How we're going to do that is with Salty. Go there, do it today, check it out. 